Welcome to Cruising the World with Danny and Friends. Join us as we travel, explore and learn about ourselves and our world. Hi, welcome to episode two of Cruising the World with Danny and Friends. Today's recording date is Sunday, August 22nd. Today, I have a special guest I have known for about eight years. Yeah, that's about right. She's a world traveler, fashionista, super mom of three, and is an expert on packing for business trips on any kind of notice. My friend, Rosie, welcome. Wow, what an introduction. You really hyped me up there. (laughs) It's all true. It's all true, people. So, yes, we just tried recording this remotely. Rosie was at home. I was here. We did really, really good. And Rosie did what? I <laughs> What'd you was do? on mute. So for 45-plus <laughs> minutes, I was on mute. Whoops. Everybody. So here we are, part two, trying this again. Um, but I'm happy to be here. Thank Yay. You. So her kids are out swimming in the pool. And we're going to be up here. Um, and your husband's week. babysitting. Yep. <laughs> My husband's on his way, but... <laughs> We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. Anyway, I want to let people learn about you and your background. And I'm going to talk about the fact that you are a mother of three. You have a full-time job, career. You've been working remotely at home from the pandemic. Are your kids back in school? And how do you manage this whole work-school relationship? Yeah, so finally, finally, they are back in school. Um, It has been challenging. It just abruptly happened where March of 2020, the world kind of shut down and the kids were sent home and I was sent home to work. Mm -hmm. We were all sent home. We were all sent home and it was just adjusting, Um, you know, pivoting. That word pivoting and fluid has been very (laughs) part of our vocabulary, part of our vocabulary for the last year and a half. So um, the kids, when they got sent home, they were finishing or almost finished with, um, I want to say kinder, second and 10th grade. And um, just juggling act of working, being a mother, homeschooling, adding that to the, you know, to the workday was very, very difficult, but we did it. Not thinking that come August, 2020, we would still be homeschooling. <laughs> so then I became a teacher. first, yes, <laughs> a first, a third and a 11th grade teacher. And, um, I'm just so happy they're back in school. It's not normal. They're wearing their masks, which I'm grateful for because the youngest two are not vaccinated. Um, Matthew is vaccinated. He's 17 and in senior year. So I'm just happy that they're finally getting, you know, the school exposure that they need, the friends that they need, even if it's distant. But I, it's also mentally exhausting <laughs> to have them home all day. So I'm happy to have a break. Now, I'm glad that the senior is in school because I kept having these talks with my friends about the seniors that even my son, the seniors that were in school didn't get to go through all the senior experiences. They didn't get to get prom, mm-hmm. graduation, everything. And I thought, can you imagine going through all these years and then it's your time and you don't get to do it. And I really felt sad for all these kids. So I'm too. so happy that you're... Um, 
son gets to experience the whole thing because it is it's it's big deal it is a big deal and i'm also excited i just hope that you know everybody does their part and they all stay healthy and do what they have to do to keep the schools open to keep the world open and stop us from shutting down again yep and so you went back to work remotely and you were juggling working and three kids school which is like super mom material (laughs) thank you (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of times I felt like losing my, you know. Mind? <laughs> my mind. We'll, we'll keep her made a <laughs> I was losing my mind. It was very, very difficult. And then in the middle of the pandemic, while I was on furlough, because um, one thing I didn't mention was the cruise industry shut down. And that's where I work. I'm a buyer for one of the cruise lines. And... Um, So furloughed for six months and I had a hip replacement. So juggling recovery. Let's just add some surgery in there. Yeah, let's just add some surgery (laughs) into a depressing 2020. So to say the least, I am happy things are semi back to normal. Yes. Um, Working remotely from home again, it's been an adjustment for the kids because I am no longer able to make gourmet meals for breakfast. (laughs) Matthew uh, cracks me up. He's a 17-year-old and he just randomly walks into my room one morning on a Tuesday and was like, what's for breakfast? And I'm looking at him like cereal. Like it's Tuesday, dude. You're not getting bacon and eggs. I have to work. And he just looks at me and shrugs his shoulders and walks away like, okay, <laughs> what do you mean? You can't make me breakfast, you, you know, yeah. before work? No, can't I can't. Everything? I can't. I'm going to lose my mind. I can't. No. Figure they, it out. They're going to get ready for the world on their own soon enough. Yeah. So, okay. And, um, you know, a lot of people that don't have kids maybe don't know how hard it is. But when you do have kids, you realize how hard it is. Let alone having, you know, just having them, but having to multitask and be a teacher. I can't even imagine, honestly, how when I kept hearing about this, how people are doing it. Yeah. You hear about it on the news. I'm like, how do they do it? Like, how do you work? How do you teach? How do you combine all that? Like, I don't I don't even know. You know, I think 2020 was just something out of a movie. Yeah. Like, you just never yeah. would have thought that you would live something. And it's going to go into them history books for, you know. Forever. Um, yeah, forever. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's been rough, but I'm just happy it's, we're moving forward now. Me too. Um, there's something, so I want to talk today about packing tips because I know that you did do a lot of business travel while you were working, besides your leisure travel. I know that you're probably an expert on packing. And so today I want to talk about what your top five packing tips were. And I know there's a lot of ways to pack. But what are your five best packing trips? Yeah. Tips. Sorry. Tips tips for the trips. Tips for the trips. (laughs) That's a tongue twister. No, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm a little rusty in this area now. And I think um, you can look at TikTok to get more tips and Mm. tricks. But my favorite and what I used to do when I was traveling was, okay, is this a work trip or a leisure trip? Work trip. Check. What do I need? How many meetings do I have? What basic staple pieces do I need? And um, especially what can I take from day to night so I'm not packing so heavy? Right. You know, so I used to make a list. I laid out all my outfits. And then um, once I was ready to pack, 
then that was like the Tetris game. But that's my first (laughs) tip is to make a list or plan out your outfits, lay them out so you can visually see like, okay, I can, you know, I have five meetings and then three business dinners. How many outfits do I need? What can I take from day to night? So you're not overpacking. Yeah. And when you're doing a cruise, that made me think of something. When you said day to night, what I do, let's say there's formal nights. Usually there's two formal nights right. on a cruise. And I don't want to pack two formal dresses. So what I'll do, and they're not as formal as they used to be, especially yeah. if it's summer, Mediterranean, it Caribbean. Right. Gown. It's not anymore. Random people will wear bowl gowns too. They're <laughs> like, oh, heck, really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, No. So I would do skirts (laughs) and then I would change like wear different tops or the suit tucks or whatever to kind of like say, okay, so if I'm sitting down, they're really not looking from my waist down and they just, my top has changed, but I'm still wearing the same skirt. Good to go basic color. So you kind of try to multitask your outfits, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that's the biggest tip that I have right there is try to just multitask your outfits. What can I take from day to night? Limit shoes i usually just take three pairs like tennis shoes a going out shoe something very muted and classic so that i can wear it all the time with whatever outfit i choose Uh you know and then some sandals because you always need sandals inside your hotel room or just right you know run out and get something i mean if it's not snowing outside otherwise you're taking rain boots right (laughs) do you use cubes i do use cubes so that's tip number two oh is um space saving ideas are to use cubes. Um, You optimize and compress and organize your clothes so that you use your space wisely. I like to separate my dirty from my clean at the end of the trip by using the cubes. Mm -hmm. Um, When I run out of cubes, I always, you know, the hotel always gives shower caps. So I use those for my shoes so that I'm not getting all the germs on my clothes. Yeah, right. I need to get cubes. I know you say you use them. I have not gotten them yet. I'm going to. I'm going to look on Amazon Mm -hmm. unless you have an amazing um, recommendation for them. But yeah, I need those because I'm super organizer. No, they're very basic. You can get them on Amazon, TG Maxx, wherever, wherever they sell travel. Um, So also speaking of Amazon, there's like this for your toiletries, for shampoo and conditioner. There's that four in one travel dispenser that is pretty cool. So it has like four um, bottles in one big bottle and that way you're not carrying like four different shampoo conditioner moisturizer lotion x X, y and z so i always think i always think those are cool awesome okay yeah um okay so tip number three when you're packing your suitcase you put all the heavy items on the bottom Mm -hmm. this helps give you balance so that when you know when you you lift up i mean i need all the balance i get it happened to me where i stand at my suitcase and that thing just topples over and i'm like okay i didn't do a good job balancing the suitcase so you know those people with their suitcases packing over you can look at them like uh you didn't pack right yeah exactly and then so speaking of fragile you put um um, breakable items and like I do like breakable items and socks okay uh for curling irons um you take an oven mitt if you haven't invested in one of those curling iron uh-huh. holders for when they're hot because a lot of the times like I have to do my hair real quick and then finish packing and take off mm-hmm. and then it's like wait my curling iron is hot <laughs> 
You know, you don't so want to burn your clothes. I don't off. want to burn my clothes, so I always um, take one of those. I invested in a Vera Bradley one, really pretty. Uh-huh. Um, but if you don't want to invest in anything, just take your oven mitt and stick your, you know, that's your iron a good in there. one. And then, last but not least, um, I always take a very big tote bag or whatever mm-hmm. as a carry, not as a personal item. Um, when I go on a plane, because I like to put my valuables in there, um, a change of clothes and some toiletries in case my check-in bag gets lost. Yeah. And I, even though it's a pain, I like to check my bag because I don't like to carry anything with me on the plane. It's just such a hassle to have to like wait till everyone's like is not in your way to lift that bag up and hope that you don't knock someone over. Right. I mean... It is. It's always like everybody wants to get off. Yeah. Everybody's standing at one time. Sometimes your bag is one seat up or two mm-hmm. seats back because you didn't have any room. Or if you don't uh, get on the plane till later. Yeah. If you because I usually travel Delta, so I have a priority uh-huh. boarding. Okay. However, if I go on a, a different airline, I'm at the back of the line. Like I'm boarding late, right? Yeah. And then if I have a carry-on, there's no room. Yeah. Yep. They end up checking it anyway. Yes. Or sometimes you have to put your carry-on like way in the, in the back. back. That messes you up. Yeah, I hate it that. messes you up. So that's what I like to do. Yeah, having um, carry-ons, um, I usually will... I think it's important to... Okay, I always have my husband help me put it up as well. I was about to say, but it's always good to... And I'm sure everybody knows this, but still to remember... Put your medications, extra set of clothes mm. in there in case your yep. luggage gets lost. Like I think about these things. If I go someplace, what if it gets lost? Yeah. At least I'll have some leggings or even pajamas because what if I'm staying overnight someplace? Some just, undies. Yeah, chonies. And then also, <laughs> also, um, you know, of course your medication, like that's a given. But I have made the mistake. I just wasn't thinking. And I put this brand new sunscreen into my um, carry-on, two of them, <laughs> full yeah. size. And got yeah. pulled over by the TSA agent. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why are they stopping me? Yeah. And they opened it up and they're like, yeah, you have these full. And they were brand new. I was so mad. I'm oh, like, I... oh my gosh, I knew that. And they go, well, if you want, you can go back and check it through. No, I'm not going to. I look behind me. Yeah. Like, no, thanks. Hours long. I'm like, no, I, like, it's Merry Christmas. You yeah. get to keep it. But you know what? I bought some sunscreen when I got to, um, it was Venice, actually. So mm-hmm. I just bought someone and had the sunscreen from Italy with Italian on it. There so you go. yeah, there you know you what? Go. You can always buy that stuff wherever you go. But it is important to remember the things that you know you cannot lose. Think about it that way. Yeah. Don't put it in your check. Put it in your carry-on. Because yeah, that way it's always with it's you. It's always with you. You have your eye on it. It's tucked under your, the seat in front of you. You're good. One of the things I forgot to mention um, was when you're playing Tetris and packing your bags, the the method I use is the roll and the fold. So you fold all your pants on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then you roll all your shirts. And so you get more um, room. Room. Yes. Which I like that saying yeah. Tetris because I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it though? Isn't it like trying to squeeze something in? Yeah. Like your makeup bag, your toiletry yeah. bag, your sock bag, your chony bag, like all these cubes. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's that's where I get my anxiety when I'm packing because I'm like, okay, I don't want to overpack. I don't want to underpack. Just a couple weeks ago, I went on a trip to Santa Barbara, and I underpacked. Oy. And I didn't have anything to wear on my ride home. I had to wear the dress that I wore. <laughs> I was like, wait. And that's why I say 
I'm so rusty. I am so rusty. I was telling my husband, I'm like, what in the world? I didn't pack anything to ride home in. Because he, I came out of the bathroom in, in a dress and he's like, did you wear that already? No, he's like, why are you wearing the dress you wore the other night? I'm like, because I forgot to bring a pair of sweats to drive home in unless I put on my jammies. And so I'm going to dress extra fancy. Yeah. When we pull so, over and get gas, I'm going to exactly. be all acting like I'm, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm a roller too. I like to roll my clothes. Yeah. I just like it because it doesn't get wrinkled and I feel like I'm saving space. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I do the same thing. How many things can I jam in there? Yeah. Oh, another tip is if you have like delicate items that wrinkle easily, mm-hmm. you use a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. I use the ones from the cleaners mm-hmm. that um, just lay it and then you lay your item on top and mm-hmm. then you fold. Mm-hmm. And with every fold, you make sure there's um, a layer of the plastic. So okay. that keeps it from wrinkling. And then that's what you put on top. Like you're, that's my, what I would consider fragile items. Okay. Because you don't want that to be on the bottom where everything heavy lays on it and then you bring it out of the bag and it's wrinkled. Yeah. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Those are five great tips. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of my, my favorite tip and I think it's back to the rolling. Like that is my favorite tip ever. I do that even at home with the girls. I do too, like with your t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, because it fits more. Yeah, and certain clothes wrinkle more. Yeah, I was like, when I was folding and just stacking, nothing ever fits. And then I just started rolling, and (laughs) then you can layer, like two two, um, layers of clothes. Especially like t-shirts. Yeah. Like you don't want the creases, so you just roll it. Exactly. That's a great thing to take along. Okay, and um, I'm going to be on the search for cubes. That's going to be my new thing when I start traveling again. I'm somebody that's... Say, where are you going? I don't know, but I'm going to find someplace because as during the pandemic, I've just been doing domestic, you know, little trips. Yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like that. To, to save money, you can also use Ziploc bags. The, the what bags? The Ziploc bags. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know we talked about that before, the Ziploc bag. So my husband's a big Ziploc person. So he puts... <laughs> <laughs> you put stuff that would break, right? He, he puts all of his, no, all of his shampoos. And because he has, I guess, the fear that something's going to open up in the suitcase. Yeah, so he has all the Ziploc with all of his, you know, the shampoos, the this, anything that can go into the check baggage. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this before where you can bring a two you can bring a bottle of wine or champagne per person onto the ship if you are flying in and boarding, you put things into a ziploc in case it breaks, because I've heard horror stories where people they broke and the wine was all over the suitcase. So you put yeah. it in a ziploc and then you wrap it and with clothes and then you put it in the middle. So you're kind I of was, cushioning okay. it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I was gonna say, even in a ziploc bag, like let's just say with my luck, it would have a hole <laughs> yeah. in it. And it would still like manage to spill all over my white blouse that I took. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn by other people's mistakes. But if you are like, let's say you go into a port and you're there for three days, then you're going to buy your wine there and you Mm -hmm. won't have to do that. And you can put it in your carry on. But you still kind of want to like wrap it up. And that usually my carry on is my hard case. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love cruising and I love buying alcohol, but I, just, I hate... <laughs> Those are two good things to love. Yes, but I hate cruising that and alcohol. they don't let you take it with you to your room. It's like, come on. So sometimes they do uh, you know tell, what do tell. you know what i don't know sometimes it's just the ship or the destination and i have been in europe where we were gonna buy bottles of wine and we thought okay they're gonna 
take it from us and we'll just take it home at the end of the trip and we'll just, you know, get one from each port. Yeah. And they weren't really taking it from us as we were coming in off the port. And we ended up not even taking, we started drinking them as, during the ship. We ended up taking <laughs> one bottle home because we kept drinking the ones that we had. So sometimes the cruise line is more strict or the ship or the destination. It does vary quite a bit. I'm going to say that for sure. Okay. So, and I know you, um, you had Michael as your episode one guest. Yes. yes. And I love Michael. I know Michael. We've Uh-oh, known each other for years. <laughs> no. And he talked about Mexico. Yeah. So I was going to say the last time I was on a cruise, I was in Mexico. So I know we're not talking about Mexico today, but we're talking yeah. about traveling. Yeah. And my husband and I got off the ship and we like to go to like local distilleries and Mm -hmm. buy the tequila. Yep. Yep. And so we did that and we, you can bring home two bottles per person. Mm -hmm. Well, over 21, I think. Otherwise I would have brought home (laughs) 10 (laughs) bottles for each person. Can I count my kids? Can I count my underage kids? Um, Oh, and my dad was with us. So we actually brought home six bottles. Nice. They took them away from us when we were getting on the ship. I was like, oh, they made us check them, which is fine. Yeah. Because we ended up paying for that, um, the package, the drink package. Oh yes, on yes. Board, yep. So we had plenty. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've had. We've had the drink package one time. The drink package is like you feel like <laughs> you have to drink a lot to get your money's okay. worth. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's the next thing about traveling. I know. Again, we're not talking. We're not supposed <laughs> to be talking about this. But if you are going to travel and you are going to go on a cruise and they offer a drink package and it, let's just say you have a spouse. I would say just buy one drink package because it all sounds fine and dandy. You're like excited. You're going on vacation. You're going on a cruise. You're going to be there for seven days and you think you're going to drink 15 drinks a day. But you don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) By day three, I was like, tap out, tap out. I'm done. I can't. I can't. There was no way. Yeah. And so literally my husband could have just ordered our drinks. Yeah. And then like he could have gone to one bar, got a drink and I go to a different bar and get a drink anyway yeah that's my tip Shh, yeah don't say anything you didn't hear that here yeah you i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so um yep those are all we, i mean we can go on and on about packing and all the yeah. hacks i mean there's all yeah. sorts of other things that we can talk about but you have travel news i have travel news wait i have a new little um transition sound here we go I hope that played that. And that <gasps> sounds like, oh, but they made my dog bark. <laughs> That's supposed to remind me of the, um, not just travel news, but. On the cruise, you oh. hear that. When yeah. The captain is about to make an announcement. Yes. So Captain Danielle's about to yeah. make an announcement. <laughs> and we were laughing that when they make the announcements, we're always like trying to run to the door and open it up because you can't hear it in your room. So you try to open your door and stick your head out without opening the door all the way. Maybe you're dressed, maybe you're not, you know. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's he saying? What's he saying? And you catch the half. And you have to pay attention because the captains usually have Italian accents typically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or whatever. And you're like trying to listen. And my husband, what did they say? I don't know. I think he said something about this, but I'm not sure. You're trying to pay attention. So anyway, on to travel news. So we are in the um, still the midst of a pandemic. And 
This is really interesting because Royal Caribbean breaks down how cruise lines deal with positive COVID cases. And an article came out, the president of Royal Caribbean, Michael Bailey, posted on Facebook, breaking down how frequently the cruise line experiences COVID-19 cases and how each situation is handled. So he reported that each ship sailing for Royal Caribbean boasts a vaccination rate of between 90 and 97%, with the majority of unvaccinated passengers being too young to safely receive the inoculation. The cruise line's president revealed that between two to 10 passengers test positive for coronavirus during pre-voyage screenings and are not permitted to board. As for guests already on the ships, there are one to two confirmed cases each reported on each vessel every week. And when a passenger does test positive for COVID-19, Royal Caribbean quarantines the guest tests the immediate travel party, conducts contact tracing, and transports them home via a private jet in the majority of cases. And I'm going to stop right there for a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait. Uh, wait. Is this, is this real? The private jet people yeah. home? However, you That's notice crazy. that it says um, in the majority of cases. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they I want to take one look yeah. at me and be like, you ain't going on my private jet. I, I, I want to be like, wait a minute. I mean, I'll test false positive just so I can get a private jet home because I hate flying long distance. Mm -hmm. But um, it is interesting to hear all that because, you know, uh, different ships are rating out at different percentages, like maybe 98%. Mm -hmm. So this was interesting to hear what he was saying. He said, as for the crew members working the voyages, he reported that all employees are fully vaccinated and tested once a week for coronavirus. And around one to two crew members test positive each week with the cruise line immediately following strict quarantine and testing protocols. He said in total, 13 of 26 ships in the Royal Caribbean fleet have returned to service. So that is good that they are being cautious. Um, I'm hearing different reports that people are saying that traveling by cruise ship is one of the safest ways to travel because they have always been very clean, as we well know, with um, the history of it, when you go on there and they're watching you, make sure you wash your hands before you yeah. go to the buffet. They have the Purell before you go in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. They've got the Purell everywhere. They're always like wiping down um, the, you know, yeah. um, handrails. And they've done all that even before this happened. I know they're being extra careful now, of course. Um, it's a great way to contact trace everybody, I think. So yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's very interesting. I think it's very in line with how we're doing it except for we're not as aggressive with the number of ships that we've restarted yet. Mm -hmm. um, we're being Slow a little bit more steady. precautious. Yeah, we're being a little bit more precautious just to make sure we get it right. Right. So far, um, you know, there are a couple positive cases that the CDC has published, so it's very public information. But we have a good a quarantine system to help not spread the virus and on board. I'm sure that their breakthrough at this point so mm -hmm. they're probably milder cases yeah. we know a lot more about it yeah um and hopefully i mean yeah like you said 98 percent are vaccinated you know it's that small, that's a high rate that's a high rate so i mean i'm very happy that's higher that. than the general population mm -hmm. so yeah and i think people are fine with being vaccinated um most have to be testing um negative three within three days, within before, three they days before they go so I think all the precautions are right. And I know I'm a big cruise, cruise critic fan and people on there um, are good about traveling with everybody. They feel positive if everybody's vaccinated. They don't have a problem with it for the most part. So 
Um, I think that with everybody cooperating like that, yeah, it's you'll feel more confident. You won't have to worry as much. Yeah, I mean, and I think we talked about this before. I'm in Royal Caribbean. You said twelve and under, right? So twelve and under are not vaccinated. My two girls are twelve and under. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try to get on a cruise at the end of the year, but if they're not letting them on, then that's not going to happen. I think my prediction is going to be that it's not going to be long before they will be able to be vaccinated. And it could happen before December. It could not. But I think that the closer we get to it, I'm sure that they'll be able to be soon. They're just going through all their tests. Yeah, no. um, Their pediatrician told me back in May that hopefully by September. I haven't heard anything, but hopefully. That's next month. Keep our fingers crossed. Next month. Yeah, and even for school, I mean. Yeah, that's my biggest fear because, um, I mean, you live in the the same valley that I live in, and they they sent home, um, like, over 100 kids between two schools last week. Ah. Because one kid tested positive, and they did the contact tracing, and and can everyone... Yeah, and they canceled their football game um, because mm. they couldn't get the test back in time. So it's oh. just like they're just being extra careful. Yeah, which I'm I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I'm happy to hear. I do trying too. to keep everyone safe and still keep the kids in school. Yeah, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. My second travel news story is about Venice, and <laughs> it's been ongoing for a while. That for years, I'm gonna say ten years. So it's <laughs> this is not super news that. They are always trying to ban the large ships in yeah. Venice. It is a UNESCO heritage site. And sometimes when you're in that San Marcos area and you see a big cruise ship in the yeah. background, it's like kind of like, what? But they said that with Venice banning large cruise ships from its port earlier this month, several cruise lines have started informing passengers of the subsequent changes mm-hmm. to their Italian itineraries. The latest shutdown was influenced by UNESCO's threats to add the historic area to its list of endangered heritage cities. With the large cruise ships prohibited from calling on the Venice cruise terminal, companies will be forced to divert sailings to other ports, including Marghera or Trieste. Did I say that right? Yeah. Trieste. Trieste. I had to Google that and do the microphone thing. Trieste. I know. And while the latest <laughs> ruling bans larger cruise ships, river cruise vessels are still permitted in Venice. Well, because they're smaller, right? And we're bigger. Yes. And cause more pollution and more threat to... And the waterways, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever been in Venice, it's like there are no so roads, there are yeah. no cars. You only can get around by the Vaporetto. Somebody's saying right? Vaporetto. I, you know what? I'm, I'm happy you're saying it because I, I was calling it a water taxi. It is a water taxi. Oh, okay. I call it that too. I mean, you're calling it the proper terminology because I was just like, <laughs> there's a water taxi that I had to lug my, you know, <laughs> schlepped all this luggage on. Here we go. Vaporetto. Good Did you job. hear it? Yeah. Vaporetto. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said it. You said it right. Right, because yeah. I usually like to say things wrong. Um, Vaporetto, yeah. So, um, you know, it's if you've been there, you will see it needs all the... And it's overcrowded now, you know? It it's, is so overcrowded. So yeah. that's a good um, transition to... I went to Venice a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, and it feels like yesterday, but when you think about this whole pandemic, it was actually almost two years ago in October, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause yeah. I feel like 2020 was a blur. Yeah. Um, never happened. Right. It never happened. So yes, I went to Venice for work. This was a work trip. And I was telling Danny earlier that I wish I would have planned it better because 
I was there for 12 days. 12 days is a very long time and you think I'll be able to get some type of leisure play in this work trip. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No leisure, no play, pure work, but I'm very thankful and grateful for, for the experience. Um, because I did get to go and see and, 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 and just, you did go to Venice for a day. I did go to Venice for a day and I went to Milan for another, but then like I was telling Danny, I wish I would have planned it better where I could have stayed in another week to get to see more places. Um, however, now I get to go with my family. Like my next trip is going to be with my family for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we flew into Venice with a bunch of coworkers and luggage and we took a train into Trieste, and um, how how far do we say Trieste was from? Two hour train. Two hour, which could very well be a port soon. Yeah, a port for the cruise industry. And yes. the other one that could be a possibility if we can't go into Venice was, um, yeah, Marghera, Trieste. I want to say, is it something with a V too? There's a few that they're going to be optional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For okay. Own, I don't remember. I don't remember. Don't quote me. Anyway, yes. Um, so Trius is is um, right next to Monfalcone, which is where our <laughs> shipyard is, um, and that's where I stayed for ten days. So we stayed on the ship. Like, are they actually building the ship in Monfalcone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. They built people it probably there. want to know where is it actually. I think that's where most ships are built in yes, Italy. Yes, that's where the shipyard is. So it's a small little town, only like twenty nine thousand people, I think, um, in this town. Everybody knows each other. Really cute and quaint. We were only able to go um, off the ship a couple nights because literally we were setting up the ship for its first voyage which was very exciting, but it was a lot of work. Um, and when we did get off the ship, there's two places that um, I want to tell you guys that if you're <laughs> ever in Italy, ever in Venice, and you take a two-hour train ride to Trieste, there's a little pizzeria called Napoletena. <laughs> so good. Wait, spell that. N-A-P-O-L-E-T-A-N-A. -A -A. Okay. So good. Um, and have? the wine was amazing. Of course. Just, well, because there was like seven of us and we each got a different type of pizza and we all tasted like we all had a slice of each other's and they were amazing. Oh, that's cool. So everyone had like a medley of something. Um, and then the margarita pizza, like you can't go wrong Yeah, with that, right. right. You can't go wrong. So Italian mom and pop shop in Monfalcon is also, um... It's owned by a, a, a husband and wife, and they are, like, the cutest, <laughs> however, very, very, like, stern um, people ever. But they were so nice. And Wait, the food, what did they do when they said they were stern? What made oh you say God. that? They were just, like, we were trying to be funny, and they, they and did they not weren't going for it. No, they, weren't, they didn't think Do we you think funny. it was because you were American? It was because we were American and there was a mixture of people, uh, like all kinds of nationalities. Okay, that should and be. We, yeah. yeah, we were very multicultural. Yeah. But they were, and we kind of cracked jokes and they just were not, they didn't think we were funny. No, because, um, yeah, I've had that happen to me many times. So it's, you know, what yeah. do you chalk it up to? And certain cultures are more stern than others. Yeah. And you're right. I think some Italians are, I think that they are kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it varies, of course, not all, but I've had had those instances, but I was thinking about a time when me and Johnny were at a restaurant ordering <laughs> breakfast and, you know, 
we don't speak Italian. We're so nice. We're just like, we don't want to, you know, be that typical tourist. And so we were ordering what's on the menu. Like, okay, well, this, this, you know, whatever they had. There were four young American kids behind me that must have been in their 20s that were going to go on a cruise. And they weren't with their parents. So they were 20 something, maybe from LA. And you should have heard them order. We were rolling our eyes. They were like, we would like our toast, but not this. And then can you substitute this and make sure the eggs are locked? Like they went down the whole list of how mm-hmm. they want to cook things. And I thought, are, are you kidding me? They're they're not going to cook anything like you just said. You're lucky you're going to get what you get. Girl, listen, I was trying not to tell this story, but let me just, I'm just going to like preface real quick. Just very highlight. One of the, per, one of the per, people, one of the person we were with, oh my God, sorry, I've been drinking. We had a beer. <laughs> um, a person that was in our group asked if the nochi, Am I saying that yep. right? Noki. Yep. Noki. Yeah. Noki. Uh-huh. Was good. Yes. He, I yes. swear to God, he, the man taking our order, almost was going to like backhand her ass. <laughs> Why? Because she asked, is the Noki Oh. And he looked at her. I mean, who would who would ask that, number I one? Have, girl, I have no idea. But Why would you say, um, no, it's not good. You better not order it. But I mean, <laughs> but you know what? Like, when you go to a restaurant here in LA and you're like, oh, how's the, how's the snapper? You know, the waitress will be like, oh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes they'll be like, you know, the, yeah. or like, what's popular? What's your recommendation? What's your recommendation? They don't yeah. take offense to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But you ask the owner who makes, literally yeah. hand makes the yeah. pasta every morning, he was not happy with it. So he probably spit in her food. Oh, he probably did something. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so this place is called La Roca. It's Osteria La Roca. It's okay. so good. It is so good. Although the man was very, like, not nice sometimes. But the food was amazing. So just be nice to the guy and he'll be he'll be Yeah. Good. Yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask good. how the food's yeah, yeah. Don't ask if the food's good. Just go with it. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, Okay, I have a news flash about Venice, which just came out yesterday. And it was out of Bloomberg that said, Venice plans to charge visitors for access and set entrance quotas from the summer of 2022. The Italian city, one of the world's top tourist destinations, will also require prospective customers to reserve access in advance. According to the newspaper, turnstiles will be installed at the main access points of the city's historical center. Entry to Venice might cost anything from three euros to 10 euros, depending on the season and on how many tourists are expected on that day. But the locals, relatives of residents and tourists who have booked in a Venice hotel will be among those exempt from the entry fee. Charging visitors does remain controversial because the city councilor said it could turn Venice into a theme park and he proposes to restrict access only for particularly crowded areas like San Marco Square. How do you feel about that? Okay, so listen. <laughs> Unless we're a multi-million you know, dollar person, like I have multi-million dollars in my bank account, <laughs> Europe is going to be for me like a one and done, yeah. I feel like. I don't feel like I'm going to be jetting off to Europe all the time. Right. This is their way of controlling population and kind of just making sure that Italy is there for a hundred more years. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yep. it's flooding. Last year it had these floods and it it was going under and you almost feel like, oh my God, is it yeah. going to be there next year? Yeah. So that's their way of controlling it. I get it. I would pay it. I would pay it. 
Yeah, I would totally pay it. Not much. If they if they make the cruise industry go out to Trieste, let's say, and do a two hour train ride into Venice, I'm wondering if they're gonna Im- impose those fees to the passenger, or if they're just gonna second, you know, put it on yeah. their their their. They could put it in the port fees and charges because those fees fees change around all the time. Because what happens is you get charged port fees and taxes. And what happens is they fluctuate because they're changing all the time. Sometimes you get some money back at the end of your little, little amount. So they'll probably put in there. You probably won't even notice it. So what I'm thinking is I'm fine with it. It's a one and done for me. Like I went to Venice once and once so far in my life, but I didn't get to experience Italy as a whole, right? Right. So my next bucket list thing to do is to go to Europe. Take my family with me. Take the kids. They're old enough to remember. And hopefully one day when they're older, they can say, my parents took me to Italy. I'm going to take my kids to Italy. Yes. Let's go. You know what I mean? So I'm just hoping it's around for that much longer. Definitely. I mean, um, it is a historical site. I went there in the summer. It was ridiculously crowded. They are not hurting for tourists. Um, Not even having the cruise industry is not hurting them. The cruise industry tends to be in there in and out for the day. Some say they spend a lot of money. Some people say they don't spend as much money. Uh If you do have a hotel, well, um, you know, they say that the charge is waived. So, um, you know, I'm fine with that. I think most people will be fine with it. I understand that what the counselor is saying about not wanting it to turn into a theme park. Yeah. Totally. Um, they're just trying to figure it out as they go along. And, you know, it's an amazing place to go there. I mean, I went in October. When did you go? So I went in the summer mm-hmm. and it was a heat wave and I was sweating. You get You get worn out by the end of the day. So... You tend to get things, you get up early and you yeah. you just do what you can do as early yeah. as you can. You do yeah. things to avoid the lines. I went in the summer and it was like comfortable at night, maybe like 50s, 60s. And then in the, in the the during the day, it was like in the 70s, 80s. Oh, that's and nice. And that was comfortable. So That's when I'm going next time. And I time. think it's like off season perhaps, but, and it was still crowded, but not as crowded as the summer would be. Right. Um, I think I went because I was taking a class or something and I've always gone because of the kids, but Mm -hmm. now I'm like, yeah, I can go whenever now. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to change it, change it up and try to avoid um, the heavy crowds. And Europe, their kids have different summers than our kids. So theirs is like July, Mm -hmm. I believe through maybe early September. So there's something to think about too. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so that's the news for today rosie we've both been to venice um i know we had different experiences um mine was the one where you i did three days pre-cruise so um i did the murano burano mm-hmm. where you take the ferry in yeah um i did it the first day when i got there trying to you know get through my jet lag and as soon as i land which is i don't know let's say 11 in the morning we go out there and wait in line for that, mm. you know, boat. You're brave. The I water taxi, whatever, oh, no. Buffalo. You, yeah. can, you can buy the stuff there. You can buy the passes oh in the airport God. and everybody's guiding you. And you go and you wait in line and then you, and everybody's got their suitcases. And then ours was like the second stop. We unloaded our stuff. And I was telling you before that I always get these hotels that are like off the beaten path, but I researched everything. So I knew it was like a funky place. Like you go down this little alley and there you turn at the newsstand and mm-hmm. you go this far. So I see the newsstand and sure enough, it's a skinny little alleyway. Like it looks like 
this cannot be the way to the hotel. Right. You know, it's not like the Hilton or anything. But they're all skinny little alleys. Yeah, they're all right? skinny alleys. Yeah. They're cool boutique places. People are super nice at this hotel. And we um, drop off our stuff and they help you with everything because, of course, there's not an elevator. That's fine. And we head out to the, jump on the next ta water taxi and head over to Murano, which... Um, is close to Burano. They're actually mm -hmm. pretty close yeah, to each other. To we each head other. back, but on the way back, we were nodding out. We were so tired. <laughs> I was like, we're going to fall asleep on this. Yeah. And conked out for the night. And then we, of course, we did the touristy things um, yeah. on the next day. And my best advice is to get the passes where you skip the line. Yeah. We did St. Um, the Palace, uh, the VIP Doge Palace Secret Passages Tour in the St. Mark's Basilica. And you save hours during the day um, doing that. We were there for three days, and that's about that's about average, I'm gonna say. Yeah. For being there, it's um, I'll I'll post the blog link to show you the details of what I did there. Um, but I know I want to ask you about something that you did, where you said you went. You're like, hey. Forget this. I'm going on my own. Yeah. Like you yeah. took off to Milan on a train. So I want to hear about that. Yeah. So when we flew in, we flew in with a group of, I think there was five or six of us for work. And we took the train. We flew into Venice. We stayed the day. We had, you know, food and drinks, whatever. Then we went on to Trieste. So that was a two hour train ride. Um, and I... The problem was that because we had to um, take some work stuff, we all had like all this extra luggage and the train um, into Trieste, the train ride was awful. <laughs> and it was so much for one person where like, I felt like the train didn't even stop. It was like a tuck and roll, like just, <laughs> like it, it briefly stopped and you had to hurry up and, and get yourself off and get the luggage off and it was so heavy. And then you had to take stairs down and then carry it back up. It was a nightmare. I mean, so, how many people forget things? Like, what if you can't get off fast enough? And that's or... the thing. And that's why you have to pack light, okay? <laughs> because Italy is so old that there's no elevators. The train station is very, like, just stairs, you know, through a tunnel, down the stairs, up the stairs, no elevators. Yep. So if you have heavy luggage, keep that in mind. Yeah. If you're going to be um, port hopping. So on my way home, I had two extra days that I had planned out thinking that was enough. Um, but I was also coming home alone. So I was like, I'm not doing that train ride back into Venice. So I changed. Um, I got an air. I got a flight into from Trieste to Venice, a quick 45 minutes, which was the best thing I invested in because <laughs> I was not going to do that train again. And um, especially by myself. And so I flew into Venice and I stayed in, stayed at the Hotel Monaco in the Grand Canal. And the difference between- Do you love the Grand Canal? I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, thought, right. I think it's cool. Yeah, I love right. it. Yeah. Um, I think I would have enjoyed it more with somebody. Oh, like okay. my husband, yeah, the yeah. kids. Yeah. But I was by yeah. myself. So I was like, oh, this is nice. But it yeah. made me homesick a little yes. bit, right? So, um, but I stayed there because I'm not, unlike you, I'm not adventurous in like these little <laughs> hotels that I don't know about. Like, I'm like, I'm by myself and I want to make sure I don't get murdered. So I'm going to stay at a reputable hotel. 
So I well, stayed there one night. Okay, the whole thing I said is re- reputable. No, I know, I know, but like you also said, but, like, but it is down, like, <laughs> down an alley. Yeah, I've been you know, staying like places. Alley. Yeah, you should go down alleys as yeah. graffiti on the door or something. <laughs> yeah, by yourself. No, thank you. So um, I did that. I stayed in Venice one day. I explored that. I did the gondola and I looked. You did? You did the gondola? I did the gondola. Okay. Um, I did the first time I was there because when I was young, I I think I told you I took a bus tour through all of these European countries and we did the gondola ride where the guy was singing and I was with my girlfriend and some other friends. I was like, I wish I would have, you know, have a more romantic gondola ride. It was with my girlfriend. Yeah. And um, this time we didn't because it was like... really gone up in price it was expensive but it was like how about if i never get back here you know especially because i have a husband that's such a homebody yeah and just to get him to leave the house and and it's like pulling teeth okay did you do the gondola by yourself no with with people oh okay there was like um there was like this this cute couple mm-hmm. and so like i forget these things because honestly my mom brain is like so crazy <laughs> but um there was this cute couple that i was talking to while i was waiting and mm-hmm. x y and z and they're like are you by yourself i'm like yeah and i explained to them why i was there by myself yeah. like i'm not just this random guy that travels <laughs> by themselves yeah and they were like you want to come with us i'm like no i don't want to impose they're like honey we've done this a hundred times yeah. like oh, you okay. can come with us so it was cute. okay it was really really cute um, so I did that, and that's so funny. So your we selfie didn't talk picture about it the first time around. So I'm glad we're getting. Yeah. To do so your selfie pictures are like, here's me and this couple I met on the gondola. Ride. I swear, yeah. My, I just met them. Here I they just are. Met them. They were so cute, though. They were so cute. Um, I met a lot of people on my way home. Honestly, even on, on mm-hmm. the plane, the two mm-hmm. the two people that I um met in frankfurt because i stopped in frankfurt on my way mm-hmm. home and, and okay. that was that was my um what do you call that the connection that flight was, yeah that's you. a big connection area. yeah and the people that i was flying with were from like long beach and oh that's like, random yeah very random so anyway it was nice okay so i did the gondola ride lots of shopping yeah but i saved my money i went into every store but i was like i'm gonna go to milan so i went to milan the next day the thing is that venice is so central because I was trying to do more in two days, but I couldn't because Venice is so central, though, that but everything was a two hour uh, train everything ride. Everything is like two hours. Yes. Everything was a two hour train ride. So I thought, OK, I just have to do what I really love the most. And you said it. Fashion. Fashion is my passion. <laughs> and I went fashion is my to passion. Milan and I brought home a YSL bag. <laughs> I brought home a Gucci my did you get good deals there? I did. Okay. So I got this YSL um, little crossbody bag. And this is how I sold it to my husband because he was ready to ring my neck. <laughs> I was like, babe, this bag is normally $1,700. Uh-huh. I got it for 900 Yeah. And he was like ready to like <laughs> charge at me. But when I said 900 I said it's normally cost 1700 And he was like. Um, 17 euro. Uh, <laughs> no, U.S. dollars. <laughs> and I go, and the taxes, right? Don't you get... um? You get a VAT. There's the a thing VAT, you can do with the VAT yeah. tax where you can get it back at the I airport. I got it back at the airport. Okay. Yes, because I was I had enough time to do all that. So okay. it, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. Everything's fine. I'm and still I can alive. resell it for this amount of money. Then yeah. that makes him feel better, no, it's too. It's my favorite bag, okay. and I wear it all the time. And he's just like, fine. Whatever. I think it's nice to like go, I got this in I Italy. I got this in, Right. 
The problem you know? was that when I got to Frankfurt, they had really good deal. They had a YSL store there too. Oh, they had really good shopping at the Frankfurt Frankfurt Airport. So you had to buy another. So I bought you another. D- you did. I did. <laughs> But we're not going to talk about that. And hopefully he doesn't listen. And if he does, I love you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. It was the best shopping. Milan was the best shopping. However, once I go back, I'm going to take my family and we're going to do Rome and, you know, the Leaning Tower and Pisa and Florence. And I'm going to go to Burano and Murano. I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do it. So I've told her she needs to take a Mediterranean cruise because you will hit all of those. Yep. You'll hit all those on the cruises because everything is so close together. That's what I love about the European Mediterranean because you go to bed and you wake up in a new place, a new country or a new city. That's what's so great about cruising. It's like go, go, go. Yeah. That you get to cruise, like, so you brought up a good point. You sh- I should take a cruise t- and do the Grand Mediterranean. Yep. And then I get to take the medley of each port, get to go to, med- you know, each port. And then I get to decide where I want to go back and maybe spend a few more days and then travel somewhere else. Yep. So my next, and in addition to the Mediterranean, I want to do the Greek Isles. Yep. Yeah. So. Everybody wants a Greek. And they know what? The Greek people are so nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. They are the nicest people. I mean, we have nothing but good things to say with everybody that we meet there. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the prices are really great. And they have great food. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, you just learn every time you go there. I mean, every time you go, no matter what you learn, you just learn about their culture. You learn, you just learn things. And I love that. Yeah. I think the kids would love it too. They will love so it. I'm really um, excited to. Like do I that. told you before, they love the um the clubs on the ship more than traveling yeah, sometimes yeah. because my daughter would wear herself out with her friends because she'd be up all night long and she'd go on these tours. And when we disembarked in Athens, I have a picture on the ho ho bus where she's totally asleep with her hand on her head. She's missing the whole tour. And so I took a picture of her with her, you know, <laughs> so glasses all cockeyed and everything. And you know what? They were up all night having fun with their friends. Those are their good memories. Yeah. It is what it is. So, yeah. but yes, I hope you get to go. I'm going to push you and encourage you because um, I will. it's a once in a lifetime. I will. 2022 and then I'll be back here because your podcast is going to grow and you're going to thrive <laughs> and I'm so happy for you. And I just want to. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I admire you for doing your Milan trip on your own because that does take a lot of guts. It's hard for people to even think about doing on their own. Yeah. Um, I think getting over the worrying part. And once you do it, it's not so bad. I think sometimes you worry more about pre-doing it, yes. your anxiety. And once you're doing it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the moment. Yes. And That's so true. This is so cool. Because I had anxiety about it. I was fine the first 10 days, but or the first eight days. But as it was leading up to the, the point where I was going to have to disembark and be by myself, I started freaking <laughs> out. And I almost thought, like, I'm just going to change my, my ticket. I'm just going to go straight home. I'm not going to do this. I'm not yeah. going to do this. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to conquer my fears. Yep. Like, I would never even go to a restaurant and eat by myself. Yeah. But I've done it and I've yep. conquered my fears and I'm so excited like, yeah. for the future. It makes you a stronger person, I yeah. think. I really truly believe that. So what is your one true bucket place list to go? Yes. So like I said, I really want to go to um, Greece. I want to go to Santorini. I want to go to Mykonos. Mm-hmm. I want to do all that. And so you suggested the Greek Isles. So yep. I'm going. I'm yep. going to the Greek Isles. Yeah, I've been there. Um... Don't tell me you've been there multiple times because... That really I, is not. I have been there multiple times. <laughs> Here's 
guys, here's here's my background. As she mentioned, I'm a mother of three. I had I was so busy trying to grow my career and have babies that I just traveling was not in my repertoire. But it is now because yeah. the girls are older yeah. and I want them to remember because for per, prime example, Matthew is 17 and when he was under five, we took him to so many places and he doesn't remember. That's true. I was thinking about this the other day when I heard someone saying that really the kids don't truly they remember don't where remember. they go. So you can take them to Disneyland all you want. And sometimes they just don't remember all those things. And somebody made a joke about they could put their kids in front of a green screen and take a picture and be like, yeah, I remember you were here. <laughs> and they don't remember that's anyway. A good one. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's totally a great idea yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, and they don't really remember. They, my kids, I did not, well, I did some traveling when I was young and carefree and really didn't. Yeah, you know, me too. You know, whatever. And then I just had a whole period of not traveling because when you have kids, yeah, it's, you, it's impossible. It's hard. I can't even go to a restaurant. I did not go to a restaurant for years because my kids would like, when they were toddlers, get up and walk around the restaurant. Yeah, and I see so other fun. people just last weekend, I saw someone getting up and their kids, they had to follow their kids around the restaurant. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. So as soon as they get to a good age and you know when that is, then yes. it's like, okay. We're because ready. I do talk to my kids all the time. Like, do you remember going to here and there? And they were probably in their teens and they're like, yeah, mm -hmm. um, I do remember. Mm -hmm. So I think you do have to wait until you get to that certain age and you know when you get there. And I think your girls are slowly getting into that yes. age. I know your son's there. Listen, if you I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on these kids <laughs> to go somewhere else, it's going to be someplace better, good. They better remember. They better. I'm going to take a lot of pictures for real. No green that. screen. <laughs> uh -uh. That, and that's what my husband's thing has always been. He's like, listen, you want to take them here, you want to take them there. They're not going to remember it. And it's more work on us. You, yeah, but they're it, they're a lot easier now. No, no, no. As they get older. Before. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. When they That's were true. Younger. That's true. He's right. So yeah. So that was He's our right. thing. But and then you know, twenty twenty, that was supposed to be our year to travel, and then look yep. what happened. So yep. it's just a friendly reminder to not take anything for granted. Yep. Do it now. Do it now. If you got, if you, if you can plan it, if you got the money, just do it. Yep. And I tell people, don't wait till retirement because I hear no. a lot of people say, I'm going to wait till retirement. No. But how many people die of a heart attack the next yep. day? Yep. That happens quite a bit. Yep. So even I tell my friends, like, even if you can't afford it, just charge it and go. <laughs> Pay for it later because I'm such a big traveling person. And, and Michael always reminds me of that. I should have listened to you. I guess you get so mad when he'd see me with my sign on the back of my chair. Aww. I'm gone for three weeks, you know. Yeah, <laughs> And um, I just, I, I have the best memories. My husband was not a traveler until, you know, he started doing it with me and he thoroughly enjoys it. Yeah. I love the fact that he enjoys it. I think it just, it's the one thing that truly makes me happy. So I'm going to to look forward to you when you go on your trips to yes. to you. the Mediterranean. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. If you guys have any questions, um, you can email me at imcruisingtheworld at gmail.com. I'll be on Facebook, Instagram. You can follow me there. Please follow the podcast. And Rosie, thank you so much for being here. I love seeing your beautiful face. I had a lot of fun with you. Aww, this you. was a great time. I'm going to have you come back. We'll do some more. Um, we could even do, I think, Alaska we talked about. Yeah. Lots of Alaska stories. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And good. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations Aww. on your podcast. Thank you. And goodbye. And Bye. maybe good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>